BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I want winners. I want people that want to win. All right, Rod, we are back a couple of days after our last podcast. And we said if the Niners did something at the trade deadline, we would try and get back and record. And they went big game hunting and they got one of the best players out there as far as who was available. And this is after Kyle Shanahan yesterday just said, eh, no one's really available. We're not doing anything. Uh, And so he lied, but. 49ers traded for Chase Young from the Commanders. uh, Number two pick in the 2020 draft, just one year after Nick Bosa was drafted by the 49ers. So he comes with that Ohio State Buckeyes pedigree. And I know he and Nick are pretty close. And what do you think about having him as the bookend? Well, he is. Definitely an upgrade over what we had by a lot. Um, he's had a really good season. Um, unfortunately for him, um, you know, he missed basically a season and a half with that knee injury. But this year, he is um, he's playing at a he's playing at a really high level, and his numbers, you know, you know, dwarf anything that anybody else um, at defensive end has given us, and um. We basically got him for free, if you <laughs> yeah. think about it. I mean, you know, we gave up what is essentially a comp pick for him. If we don't resign him, we'll be eligible for another comp pick. So basically, it's a rent if he doesn't resign, which is something I guess we could talk about at some point. Um, we basically get him for the rest of the season for essentially, you know, whatever his you know, his salary is, which I understand is like $600,000 for the, you know, for the, for nine game checks. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see any downside to this move at all. I mean, and again, like I said, he's a, an immediate upgrade um, to Cleveland Farrell and, um, you know, so I, I think that that's, you know, and Drake Jackson, that's, that's, it's a, it's a win, win, win. That's how I look at it as well. Now, if you are a naysayer, you probably think that he is a bit of an underperformer. And the problem with that is uh, he's just been hurt for the last two years. 
He had the ACL injury. He almost didn't. He he barely got on the field last year. And so this is the first. This is like he. I, I guess he he would be around two years <clears throat> away from that original ACL, and he's having the best year of his career. His rookie season during the pandemic, they only played. He uh, he only played. I think the team only played 15 games. Uh, he had seven and a half sacks. And then this year through seven games, he's got five. So he is on pace to have the best year of his career from a sack perspective. Also from a quarterback hits perspective, tackles for loss perspective, if you kind of prorate the games. So this is his, his best season. Now, uh, you know, I, I guess if you're a naysayer, you could say, well, you know, is he healthy or or whatever? That's also that's always a possibility with everybody on the football field because football is such a violent sport. And I think the risk, uh, which is very little, like you said, because of what they had to give up and what they will gain back if they lose him, the risk is so minimal. And it it just it seems like a surefire uh, win win the trade thing to me. And and Washington, I'm sure they're like, hey, if we could, you know, we're, we weren't going to sign this guy, so let's get a third round pick for him as well. So I, it's almost like a, a situation where depending on what Washington wants to do, you can almost sort of go, yeah, both teams kind of won this trade. Well, and it's, it's one of those deals where if they are about to go into a full-fledged rebuild, like I said, with a lot of these guys, you know, you're going to have to beat a comp pick. Well, technically they didn't, they just gave them a comp pick, but, that's a comp pick that the, watch the rest that the commandos will get this year yeah. as opposed to having to wait a year yeah. to get it, you know, in 2025. So if they were moving off him, which it seems they were, um, well, they, they did, didn't, they, they didn't, didn't offer him it. the option, right? The, the, they didn't right. extend they him. Didn't yeah. Get that. Um, so um, at the time they didn't do that is like, my question was, what do they know about his medicals right. um, that, Make because when healthy, he was a dominant player. So that'll be a question that the Niners will have to ask at some point is whether or not you know he's worth keeping around. Um, and that's going to be the question. I don't. I don't think. Unfortunately for for him, I don't think he's ever going to see that contract that Nick got this yeah. year. I, I just. I just with that kind of injury history. So if he's going to make that kind of that kind of big money, he's going to do it the way the old timers did. He's going to play at a high level for a long ass time and you know be like Bruce Smith or one <laughs> of the be out there for 15 years. You know, unfortunately, I just don't think, you know, because apparently his his knee surgery, his knee injury was really really severe. Um so you know that's that's unfortunate for him, but I, I think some team, if he can continue to play just at this level, he doesn't have to really level up. Um, he's a really good player. He is a very good player. So somebody's going to get a really good player. We're going to get a really good player for the next, hopefully, you know, twelve or thirteen games, um, and then who knows? Um, but the Forty ers are in a position to get a good look at him and then they'll be in a position to negotiate first. I mean, they theoretically, I guess they could franchise him if, if 
they wanted to do that or, um, you know, just negotiate an extension with him. So they'll be in, in the, in the pole position for that. Um, which, but those are all decisions that don't have to be made now. I think if we're just looking at the 2023, 2024 season, barring injury, which again, like you said, you could say that for everybody. Yeah. Um, I I just I don't I see no downside to this deal at all. I, I think it's a for and for what we needed, um, I think you know, I think it was it was a great move. Now, uh Rod, uh I wanna just uh Rick mentioned that uh he's got forty QB pressures in his top five in the league. So uh, you know, we we've heard as well that Bosa's pressuring, they're just not closing. And so maybe this helps if you got both sides pressuring uh, and and this will help them get to the quarterback more because I think the big question is now, well, what does that mean for the secondary? And it would have been great to also add a secondary piece. And there was a rumor, I think Tim Kawakami said that he heard that they were close to another deal and I don't know what actually happened there. I've seen some stuff that maybe the deal was close and they didn't get it in on time or something like that, but I haven't seen anything actually official. It would have been great to get help in both places, but does this Chase Young trade help out the secondary? Theoretically, it should. In your opinion, mm-hmm. will it Will it help? I think so. I, I I've said, I've long said, our coverage is only as good or as bad as the pressure up front. And if we are able to manufacture pressure with four guys, um, I think, I think we'll be fine. I I still don't know over the past two weeks, he's not on the injury report, but uh, Hargrave has been very quiet the last two weeks. We just, you know, after, playing at a really high level for the first five weeks, he's been basically a zero for the past two weeks. So I don't, you know, so I don't know. He's not on the injury report. So as far as we know, he's healthy, but I think this guy, you know, he helps because it puts you in a position where, again, that was what we were dealing with earlier this season is if, if Nick is a double team and Hargrave is a double team, just by the fund, by the function of his size, it's, you know, Armstead is hard to single block. Um, it, it's just it, having another playmaker on the defensive line just it it really really helps this defense, and I I think that um, it's going to be something that um, puts a lot of deodorant on the things that have been kind of funky around here. So. Let's look at Lynch from this perspective. Uh, He has seemingly been able to get help and utilize the trade deadline more than I think we've really seen. And I I don't know. I don't know what the stats are as far as Lynch taking advantage of it versus, you know, other regimes with the 49ers. It seems like he has been really good at getting guys necessary. I saw a list of, of uh, now I can't find it for whatever reason, but you can go back to the Jimmy G trade uh, where, you know, picking him up at the deadline and such. So uh, what does this say about, about Lynch, you know, for two years in a row, he's gone out and got 
maybe the best player or one of the top players available at the deadline. Do, do, do you feel like, the, like, is this a thing where for whatever reason, Lynch understands the cap stuff and understands the, the salary cap stuff. Uh, I, I repeated myself, understands uh, how the draft picks work and all that stuff to where he can afford to do it. Or is this just know which teams to kind of hunt and peck from? And and maybe I, some of these teams are not as smart as the 49ers. I don't, you know, it's interesting because the other trade that the commandos made was Montez Sweat. And that deal looked more like I thought it would look, which when you look at their numbers, he has not been as productive this year as Young has been, but he brought a second round pick and word is that um, the Bears are looking to um, go into business with him long-term, which is what made sense to me. If you're going to spend yeah. a second-round pick on any of these guys, they need to be somebody. You're not spending that kind of capital on a rental. So, like you said, going back to Lynch, this is what a rental trade should look like, it, 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 in that it doesn't, really, it doesn't really cost them anything. It, they get a really good player for this season and the draft picks wash. Um, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's a brilliant move. So I don't know how much of that is his brilliance. I don't know how much of it is just, you know, the luck of the, the draw or, or I'm sure it's just, it's a combination of all of it. Um, But this, this was a brilliant move. And, like you know, if you go back to last year, the CMC move is, um, you know, obviously they gave up a lot more, but they probably got a lot more too. So it's it's hard to um, find fault with either one of those trades. And even like you say, you need to go back to the Jimmy G trade. Um, I think they, I don't think that they. It turns out that they overpaid for what they got. Um, it was it was a good. They got a starting quarterback for five seasons for, you know, a second round pick. I mean, you would you you take that every day if you were to. You probably wouldn't have got that with you know with that pick. I don't know what that pick turned into. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Do you remember who they cut once they traded for Jimmy G? No, I do not. Raiders quarterback. Brian Hoyer. Oh, yeah. 
I, there's a reason why I don't remember that. <laughs> I kind of hold uh, Hoyer a little bit accountable because when Shanahan came on board, Shanahan's reasoning, as far as I can remember, for going with Hoyer instead of Kaepernick was more about his system and how he did not want to change his system around a quarterback and Hoyer could kind of fit the things that he wanted to do. And I was just like, I don't buy it. Sounds BS yeah. to me. You, you know, it, it, it sounds like a horrendous thing. Maybe there were 49ers uh, pull, you know, the, the at that point, yeah. Parag and, uh, and and Jed were not fans of Kaepernick for whatever reason. You, you can well, you can it, well it, and it, I don't. You know, you can revisit it if you want to, but I'm sure the fact that um he was a hardball guy didn't help. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that like like I've said before, the second he signed that contract, they were upset at him for signing that contract mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But I always hold Hoyer accountable for that just because I didn't want to blame Shanahan. It was like, no, <laughs> Brian, Brian Hoyer, he, you know, he fit this mold and he sucked still. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Um, so Shanahan also said that he looked at the, at the film from the game on Sunday and he noticed that the team was just slow and didn't have a ton of energy. And I was wondering if you thought it was the whole Monday night to Sunday afternoon thing, or are they just playing uninspired football right now? I don't know. And again, it this, this type of streak lends itself to a bunch of Monday morning quarterbacking. But what I heard, I heard somebody posit that makes sense to me is it might just be that this is one of the downsides of playing such a physical brand of football Mm -hmm. is that at times in the season those guys get worn down i mean and it's you know i mean it kind of makes sense i mean that you know is what you know that is the earmark of you know this team in kyle shanahan football is being physical on both sides of the ball and while I didn't notice a, you know, any perceptible slowness, and he have a better pulse on that than I would, but I did notice is a bunch of missed blocks and a bunch of missed tackles and a bunch of blown coverages. So I don't know. Maybe a rest will do them some good. Um, that's why, again, that was what I saw on the field. I'm not smart enough to be able to tell you schematically whether or not anything was wrong. But I know that I don't give a damn if Bill Belichick is scheming it up. If you're if you can't get off blocks and you can't make tackles and you can't cover anybody, the X's and O's don't matter at that point. So yeah. that is what I took away from watching the last game and putting another really good football player better than anybody else that we could trot out there. Last Sunday, Chase Young is immediately our second best defensive end, which can't, and somebody who can play a bunch of snaps, which can't do anything but make us better um, instantly. So the uh, injuries coming out of that game, Dre Greenlaw looks like he also has a shoulder thing in addition to the earlier leg injury that he had during the season. 
So he's he's and talk about a a violent style of football mm-hmm. player. He's gonna ha- he's gonna be injured because he's you know they, they I don't think they they describe their defense like this anymore, but they used to describe it as all gas and no breaks, mm-hmm. right? And he that's that's the way that he plays so much to the point of where uh, sometimes you know when he does have to hit the hit on the breaks, they're not great breaks. He just. <laughs> He just throwing people all over the place after the whistle. Um, and Harbaugh used to say physical with an F. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Also, uh, there's been a an injury on the offensive line. So our favorite offensive lineman. Yes, yes. Kinfolk. Actually, I don't know if it's Kinfolk. I haven't found out one way or another, but I don't know too many people named Feliciano. John Feliciano. It's a Felice Navidad. (laughs) Early, yeah. For John Feliciano. (laughs) So they're going to throw him in because Banks is now hurt. Looks sounds like he's going to be out a couple weeks. Uh, That is not... I I mean, I don't know if it's... It's a disaster. I mean, I, I can't say if it's good or bad on the on the the front of is is he that less of a player but trent out still not back yet you're losing a little bit more consistency in some of these other guys uh and you know i liked was it was it burford one of one of the guys who you know we kind of talk about in and not a positive way necessarily was just like we just got to be better like i like I, I don't have an excuse. I don't have an example, but he's just like, we just got to be better. So, th- I mean, they're feeling it, right? They're feeling it, but Trent coming back will solve a lot of problems. So I don't, I don't know what to even say about uh, Feliciano here, other than they signed him to be a backup. Somebody got hurt. Now he's got to fill in. I mean, and he's a vet and he has played good football. Now the question, you know, my question coming into the season was, I mean, how much does he have left in the tank? So, I mean, but we'll see. We're going to, we're all, we're going to find out together if he can um, hold the fort. It's just, it hasn't been good for, honestly, for anybody outside of Trent. All of these dudes are performing well below replacement level. Um, production i'm um, so um, th- that's something that we, we're just gonna have to figure out and it you know it, the sooner trent can get back the better um i don't i i i guess i'm out of the loop i don't know what where is matt Pryor? he has only played two games and he was actually playing pretty well out of all these guys but um uh and, and, and i um i'll, I'll i will um, amend that Jalen Moore has has played very well in his short stint, so it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, we can just get it patched together. Um, so it'll, we'll see. So the other thing, and we'll, and we'll end with this: we're talking about how the pass rush helps out the secondary. Also, the thing that's been really interesting, and when you think about Brock Purdy. Um, they were playing from ahead for those those five games for most most of those five games when when they're on the winning streak. And when you play from ahead, you're gonna run the ball, and you're you're able to use the play action, right? And when you play from behind, you get 
wholly predictable. Brock sitting in shotgun. You know he's passing. He was only throwing to three guys last week. He he was very successful in some cases outside of those mistakes throwing to those three guys. But that is the other thing about his play uh, in, in these last three games. If you want to, you know, talk negatively about it, five five interceptions in three games is not great. But I wanted to just get your thoughts on. Some of this and some of this negative play is also him being put in positions where he's not that this is not his strong suit. He is, you know, when you're when you're up ahead and you can run the ball and you can play action, you can roll him out, you can do all these other things. And then when you're losing by 14 points and this dude just got to get in shotgun the whole way down, if he's not hitting his first guy and you have this lesser than offensive line then you could see where the problems could be created from. Absolutely. You, you know, the last two games uh, in particular, just haven't been game script friendly for Brock. Like you said, you want, he want, you want to have him um, being able to completely utilize play action. You want him to be able, you, you do not want to be in a situation where he is, um, drop you know where where there the run is not an option for him you know just based on time and score it's you know we you can't you, to be in a situation where you can't grind it out where you got to get points that that's just not the um that's not the way that they want to play with him and I don't think that that is where he is at his best People have been putting, you know, these little these memes up about, you know, the interception numbers, and just like most stats, it's fool's gold when you talk about Brock only has five interceptions and Patrick Mahomes has eight. Well, Patrick Mahomes is also throwing the ball like a hundred times more than he <laughs> has because what they're asking Brock to do isn't the same thing they're asking. Mahomes to do and if you were to put Brock in a situation where he was throwing the ball 40 times a game I don't think that that is um that's not the place that Kyle wants to put him and I don't think that's the place he needs to be so hopefully we can figure it out and be able to 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 you know get to establish the run and hopefully get our defensive defense back to a place where where Points wise, last week notwithstanding, you know that game was seventeen points for a, you know a pretty long time. And I mean, if you can, generally speaking, if you hold teams to seventeen points, you're supposed to win that game. Um, so we'll see. I, I just think hopefully, like you said, we can keep him in more um, game script friendly situations where we're not putting the offense on his shoulders because I don't think that that's fair for, you know, a second year, but really games wise, he's not even, you know, he hasn't even completed a full season yet. So, I mean, um, I, I just don't think that's an optimal situation to put him in is where, where he is, you know, the offense is on his shoulders and he has to go out there and win us games. I don't think anybody wants that. Yeah, and also, not that 
Shanahan is not thinking about all kinds of situations, but when you are winning your games and you're five and oh, I'm sure he's not staying up late at up late at night thinking about okay, third and twelve, we're down by fourteen. What's in my bag? Like he's like now you're thinking that because you're not able to to uh, sustain defensively to stop third down. But the, I like again. I, I just think that there were so many moments, and and I mentioned this after the game. CMC. If you're not running that outside zone run that they that they love to run for for big yardage, if you don't believe you have the time to come back with those runs, there were multiple opportunities I thought with the defense closing in on Brock like they were, where you use this guy as a little bit of an outlet, or you you sucker the defense into throwing this dude a screen, and you just want to put the ball in his hands because you know the second he touches it there's an opportunity for him to break it. And you needed big plays at that time. I just thought that they did not utilize him the way that they could have in, in the way in, in trying to come back. But at the same time, you know, you're down two touchdowns, you're down two touchdowns. And, but I would rather throw something to CMC and use him, you know, like, like the Niners may have used uh, Roger Craig in the past then try and figure out a way to get Juwan Jennings open downfield. Juwan Jennings had zero targets in, in that game. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. Totally. Uh, actually, Rick de- does have a, a, a question and we'll end with this. Uh, Hufunga, his, his drop off this season compared to last year, it sure seems like he has regor- regressed quite a bit. And I'll I'll let you go first, and I'll add anything. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on Sunday, but you know it's been something that I've thinking about for sure. Yeah, I. It seems that his role might be a little different. I remember when when he came into the league, our questions about him was you know could he hold up in coverage, and in his first you know two seasons he did you know he was really good um, in that role. Um, but this year, you know, I, I don't have any answers, but you know, it's clear that there has been a drop off and I don't know enough about it to know if his responsibilities have changed or not, but, um, it, he definitely has, is not performing to his previous two seasons level. Yeah. I think it is wholly reliant on them being unable to get the pressure that they want. Uh, so because what, what he is good at is he, he's a playmaker. He's good at, you know, coming up and, and making hits and, and tackling. But if they're having to cover for an extra three tenths of a second or whatever it is, I'm sure it's a minuscule mm-hmm. thing, but everything is timing. And so if they're expecting the quarterback to have to throw at this time and he is dependent on that to make his play, I could see that 0.3 to 0.5 extra seconds that he's got to run around and cover to be a bit of a problem. And uh, on the flip side, them being able to get to the quarterback last year probably enabled him to not have to cover for as long and not have to cover as much of the field and be able to step up in situations, but also, and, and, and here's another thing, and this will, this will be it. And we'll end it here. 
you had a different defensive coordinator who is using uh, bl- different blitz packages. And so whatever he was comfortable with last year is kind of new this year as well. So uh, that, that he could be in spots that he may not be as comfortable in as he was last year. Could be. All right. Uh, thanks for doing this, Rod. A little bit of an emergency show. Uh, we will be back, not this weekend, because the Niners have a bye. Uh, I don't imagine there will be any news for us to come back during the week, but it's possible, uh, if so, if we can make it work. But Niners have a bye. I kind of almost don't want them to have a bye because I want to just watch Chase Young now, but mm-hmm. it's probably for the better, so he can get a little bit more acclimated to 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 their style. Probably so the next game is going to be an early game. huh? We're, we're in Jacksonville, right? Yes. Did did the commanders have their buy yet? Do you know? I don't know. I'm just wondering if he already had uh, a buy with the commanders. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking real quick. I'm just gonna look at, and mm-hmm. see. Uh, does not look like he's had a buy yet. So this will be his first buy as well. I was just wondering. I was like, man, what if he gets two buys? That would actually be pretty cool. (laughs) Get some extra rest. Uh, All right. That is it from here. We will see you not this weekend, but next weekend after the Niners play the Jaguars. For Rod, I'm Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.